Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, here we go. It is a Tuesday. We've got two football games: Washington and Philadelphia. Seattle and the Rams hope you are doing well as we come to you on listen app and more more news in the sports world as it relates to COVID the National Hockey League has said they are out they will not be going to Beijing for the Olympics so uh, the NHL has pulled out of the Olympics and uh, I, I don't think anybody can be surprised with that Adam Silver uh, came out and said he does not foresee uh, the league stopping play uh, he said there's no plans right now to pause the season. Obviously, that could change. It's a very fluid situation. But Adam Silver uh, said that the league said, hey, we got to deal with this. This is part of our life. This is now the new norm, and we have to deal with it. So the NBA right now has no plans to pause uh, the NBA season. All right, the Buccaneers, they had a bad game on Sunday. They get shut out by New Orleans. And they lose Chris Godwin for the year. It looks like Leonard Fournette is going to go on IR and would miss the final regular season games. Could be back for the playoffs. Talked about yesterday with them uh, keeping Antonio Brown. The the league right now, I'll tell you, when you look at the NFC, all right, and again, we know how this can change in an instant. All you need to do is look at the Arizona Cardinals who have lost uh, three of four games. But in the NFC right now, clearly, clearly the Green Bay Packers look to be the team to beat. I mean, they're 11 and three. Uh, they are in a rhythm. They have been the most consistent team all year. And they should, and I say they should, be able to solidify home field advantage. Now, you know, you think playing in Lambeau in January is no picnic. And I'm not saying it is, but you know, the Packers over recent years, they have not fared well at Lambeau in the playoffs. So, you know, it's not like you can't go in there uh, and win this week. They've got Cleveland talking about green Bay. Then they have Minnesota and they're at Detroit. So they should, they should be able to win the rest of their games end at 14 and three and have home field throughout the playoffs. So they, they, to me, right now, and again, you can't predict injuries, but right now, based on the way the NFC looks, they look like they are uh, in the best shape, all right? Now, in the AFC, Kansas City, as we know, has turned it on. They've won seven in a row, and they also should be the number one seed 
in that conference. Got to love the way the Chiefs are playing. And the thing that surprises me about Kansas City is their defense. I mean, their defense went from being horrible, I mean horrible, and now all of a sudden you look at their defense and you're like, wait a minute, how did that happen? Now their final games, they have, I'm talking about Kansas City now, they play Pittsburgh at home, at Cincinnati, at Denver. So they've got a great opportunity uh, to wrap up the number one seed. Uh, in the AFC. Hey, if you want to get in on the show today, all you have to do is hit your hand icon, raise your hand. I'll put you up on stage and we'll be able to talk. Uh, My podcast today, I talked about, excuse me, I I talked about where the Sacramento Kings are and how what I have witnessed, and I'm sure for those of you that are Kings fans and NBA fans, you know, when you think about Sacramento, you think about loyal support you think about unwavering support you think about loyalty you think about you know the fans that's why the Kings stayed because David Stern was not going to take the Kings away from a city that had such amazing fan support well that's gone that doesn't exist anymore the fans are staying away in droves the arena is empty Uh, fans don't want anything to do with it and I spent about 30 minutes today on my podcast, talking about this. And I went down memory lane and I talked about what it was like in the 80s when the Kings moved from Kansas City. And I talked about what it was like going to the Arco One, that 10,333. And then moving into the new building, which became uh, the best home court advantage in the NBA and the destination for NBA players to play, both wearing a Kings jersey and as a visiting jersey. Players love playing in that atmosphere. You can go talk to any player that played in the NBA and they always talked about coming to Sacramento was a highlight because of the atmosphere. It was like college. And I talked about, you know, the first playoff game in that building in 96 with the Kings and the Sonics. And I talked about moving into, you know, the early 2000s when the Kings became the darlings of the NBA. And I took you through the Kings possibly moving or are they going to stay and what it was like during that period of time from my perspective. And I never thought in all of those years that I would ever see what I am seeing now. And what I'm seeing now and what you're seeing now are apathetic fans, and you can't blame them, fans that have been turned off by what they're watching, fans that are thoroughly disgusted in the product, fans that don't see any light at the end of the tunnel, fans that see ownership and in this case, the managing general partner for Vec Ranadive mismanaged the franchise, make bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. There's no accountability. There's no message to the fans. There's nothing. It's a franchise that is in disarray right now from where I see it, in my opinion. It is a franchise that still does not have an all-star player on their roster. It is a franchise that has pushed their loyal customer out the door and away instead of gravitating them to come watch games. And it's one of the worst things that I have seen in a long time. It's one of the worst things I've seen in sports. It really is. How you could push such a loyal, passionate fan base away from your product. 
But that's exactly what's happened. That's exactly what's happened. The uh, Kings and the NBA, I think going woke, has hurt their product. I think it's hurt in Sacramento. I personally have had many, 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 many people reach out to me personally and via social media to tell me that's why they have stopped going to games. I've had many people on social media tell me that they have stopped going to games because they have no faith in the franchise anymore, that they're disgusted with the losing and the apparent lack of direction. I've had some tell me they've stopped going to games because of the pandemic, although those are much fewer and far between than the first two. There's a lot of reasons, but first and foremost, it starts with the terrible, terrible play on the court. It really does. It start it, it starts right there. And so if you didn't get a chance to listen to my podcast today, uh, check it out uh, because I spend I spend a lot of time. I spend a lot of time talking about this. All right. It's one of the worst things that I've seen in all my years of being involved in sport. And when I say it's one of the worst things, how a incredibly loyal fan base, so much so that 30 for 30 did a documentary on it. Unfortunately, it did not air, but the documentary was still put together by Jason Hare. I've seen it. Many others have seen it. And it was about the fan support. It was about the fan base. It was about the incredible Sacramento Kings fan. That's what the documentary stemmed around, right? When the Kings were looking to move, the Playing the Wind Tour opened up eyes in New York. The commissioner, David Stern, knew full well what he had in Sacramento and that he was not going to allow the Kings to just get up and move because of the fans. Had the fan base back then been the way it is now, David Stern wouldn't have kept the Kings in Sacramento. Not a chance in the world. They'd be gone. They would be gone. But David Stern wasn't going to do that to the most loyal fan base in the NBA. And I really believe that I'm not exaggerating when I say the most loyal fan base. There were no other franchises that were losing year in, year out, and yet still had full buildings. But in Sacramento, that's the way it was. In Sacramento, the fans back in the 80s used to sleep out overnight, two, three nights with tents and sleeping bags in front of the box office to buy individual game tickets to the 10,333-seat venue. I know because I used to go out and do stories on it for Channel 31. It was one of the most amazing things that I had ever seen. So what's happened right now is something that I never thought I would see. But it's happened, and I just wonder if it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. All right, let's get to some phone calls. If you want to come on, raise your hand. I'll put you on stage, and you can come on with me like Brian. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the show. Brian, what's up? Uh, question for you. Uh, sorry for the lag, the delay there. Is there any access to that documentary out of curiosity? I know it wasn't no. all that, but is there any remote access? Now, I'm going to let you go because you're breaking up. Yeah, you're, you're breaking up, so I'm going to put you back into the audience. But no, 
Uh, I know Carmichael Dave a few years ago, maybe two years ago, actually put it out on his social media account live one night. I think it was like whatever that's called. Um, and But no, there isn't. And it's unfortunate because it's a great, great 30 for 30. Like, it's great. I went to the premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival. Then they aired it at the Crest Theater a couple of times for people to see. And it's not available, which is really unfortunate because it was an, it's, it, it was an amazing job by Jason Hare, the director. Preston, you're on with Grant. How are you, Preston? Doing well, Grant. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on Zion Williamson. Um, I know he was a good college player. Uh, he made a lot of good highlights and stuff, but I know he came into this year hurt, and he. I think I saw an article saying that he weighed like 330 pounds, and I just wanted to know if you thought that if he might be like overrated. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think he's overrated, but I think he's overvalued. There's a difference, all right? He's, mm-hmm. his, his basketball acumen is incredible, but his body is not. His body is mm-hmm. already broken down. He obviously has a weight problem. And quite frankly, I don't see how any team, this case being New Orleans, but even if he were to go somewhere else, could have any confidence that Zion Williamson is going to develop into the player that people thought he could because of his body. I mean, it's just not mm-hmm. there. You know, you were exactly right. And so he's got a he's got a right foot issue that he's dealing with right now. But when you have problems with your feet and you weigh so much and you play the way he does, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but I, I just don't see it ever working. I really don't. I don't see how he can play his style of basketball with the weight that he has on his frame and not not be injured. So I would be very leery about it if I'm a fan of the Pelicans or I'm a fan of Zion Williamson. I'd be very leery about it. I can tell you this. If the draft were held all over again, there's no way in the world he'd go number one. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Um, and then, like, the, I just know, like, in the first couple of years, I mean, I think the hype was real, but it just seemed like, you know, he got a lot of more – he got more hype than he actually sh- probably should have deserved just because of how popular of a player he was. Very true. I, I don't disagree with that. I think he probably did get more hype. I think he was overhyped. But again, I mean, if the draft were held all over again, John Morant would go ahead of him in a heartbeat. There's not. It wouldn't even be close. John Morant mm-hmm. would be the number one pick in the draft, and Zion Williamson would not. I mean, and that, that's not even debatable. There's no way in the world that Zion Williamson would go number one if the draft were held all over again. He wouldn't even go ahead of Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero would go ahead of Zion Williamson. And there were others, too. I'm just picking out a couple, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and and it's a shame because he does have the ability, Preston. He has incredible talent. But talent doesn't do you any good if you're on the bench and you're in street clothes. That doesn't really help a team. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Grant. All right. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hey, if you want to get in on the uh, program, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, uh, and we will get you right on. Again, Zion Williamson is a freak of nature but unfortunately he's probably his own worst enemy with the frame that he has the weight and the way he plays i mean it's physics right i mean something's got to give when you're playing with that kind of force with that type of i guess energy and you have a body like that 
Well, it's not going to last very long. It's not going to last very long, in my opinion. I, I just don't see it. I really don't. I don't see it working. I don't see it. All right, let's get to some more phone calls here on Listen Out with Jay. Jay, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Hey, hey, Grant. Good. Hey, yeah, on Zion Williamson, I remember watching him in college. And, you know, in college, he, he was not as big as he, he is now. But I, I, I remember him coming down the court, and he, he either came to a sudden stop or he was just making a quick change of direction. And he basically, his shoe blew, blew up. You know, the, the, yep, the sure did. Eight. And I remember us looking at him right then, and there's no way his body is going to be able to take the rigors of an NBA game. And, um, I, I'm, you know, I, I love the kid and love his game, but it, it, it is not a surprise at all he's struggling with um, injuries. Yeah, just, just too big, too, too much weight on joints and muscles for him to do well. And, and they, they got, they're going to have to figure out a way to get him closer to 260. And I don't know that that's ever going to happen. It's about physics. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's it, something's got to give. You know, your body is, you're not a robot. You're a human being with cartilage and ligaments and muscles and tendons. And you can't play at that force with that weight and not have repetitive injuries. And I, so I'm with you. I, I, they have a lot of work to do with this kid. Exactly. Yeah, your podcast today was great. I, I, um, Thank you. Um, I, I I was just starting my career in 1985, so I I, I you know went to I was at UC Davis during the late 70s, early 80s, and um, um, was just starting my professional career in 19, 1985, the year the Kings came. And um, even though there wasn't you know professional basketball in really Northern California, I I, I was still a, a fan. You know, I, I was watch I was I would watch the NBA even though. I wasn't really associated with a team just from having grown up in the L.A. area uh, as a kid. And uh, and and I, being a, I never stuck being a Laker fan. You know, I followed the Lakers, but it, it, it didn't stick being a fan. So I was just a fan of the NBA. So when the Kings came, it was super easy to jump on that bandwagon. And after a game or two at that at original Arco, it, it was unbelievable. And by the time the Kings uh, built, you know, Arco 2, uh, that was when I wanted to get season tickets. I think that was 1989. And, um, it, and as, if you recall at the time, it was hard. It was even hard then to get season tickets. They sold out so fast. And um, a client of mine was friends with Greg Lukenbill. And uh, we were talking about it. And he goes, well, let me see what I can do. And he, he scheduled a meeting. And I went in and I met with Greg Lukenbill in person. Greg, he was there with his flannel shirt on. And I was in his office. And he had the, the arena all, all designed out there. And he goes, I'll tell you what. And he's pointing to where he can get me a couple of seats um, at Arco 2. And he's going through it just like, you know, he's a common salesman. And here he is, the owner <laughs> right. of the team. And he took the time, I mean, probably spent a half hour, 45 minutes with me. And this was after they had already announced that they'd sold out all their tickets. And um, I, I don't know where what these tickets were designed for, whether it was going to be same day sale or whatever. But he made, because because my uh, my client was friends with him, he made those tickets available to me. And I bought him his season tickets in 1989. And I kept those season tickets yep. uh, in two, until 2012. And only reason we stopped going was because the, the kid was playing high school ball and getting ready to call. We just couldn't, we couldn't physically go to the games sure. anymore. That was the only reason. And then every year we would always still go, you know, even after they went to golden one, we would always, as a family, we'd go to multiple games every season. We'd always go to several games over the holidays. And this is the first year where we're like, Nope, Nope, we're, we're, we're done. We're, 
you know, as bonded as this. we are. And yeah, let me ask you this. Um, and by the way, just for the other people that are listening, because I know how this works, it was 1988 was the uh, first year of that building, because I know people will say, no, 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 it's not 89, it's 88. So I'm throwing that out there. But Jay, okay, so it's 88. I, I want to, want, to ask you, because I, I gave a couple of reasons. You listen to my podcast today. And for those that are listening that are interested in this topic, and I know there are many, were there, were, were there things that I said in my podcast that you disagree with? You've obviously, you're one of the fans that I was talking about. You've been with the team pretty much from day one. Uh, going back to 88, you were a loyal fan. Did, are there any things that I said on my podcast today that you took issue with that you don't, that you don't agree with? No, I, I agreed. With, I agree with everything. 100%. You know, that, that I think, I think it was the 99 Sonics playoff game. Still a number, you know, still the number one moment at Arco arena for me, um, in, including all the, the, you know, the, the Kings going to the Western conference finals, that one moment that that pregame, in 19, I think it was 1999. 96. Game, 96. Oh, it was 96. Okay. Yeah. So game, it was, was it game three? Yes. Um, yeah. So it was game three. And I think the Kings lost that game. But um, uh, that, that moment was the most unbelievable moment I think I've ever experienced in sports. And, you know, those, those two, those, those, those 2001, 2002 Kings playoffs game with the Lakers were absolutely amazing, amazing. But that, that moment, that, that uh, pregame moment at that, at that time, I still think has got to be one of the all time greatest sports moments that anybody could experience live. It, it was just amazing. I've been, I've been blessed. I've been to Super Bowls, World Series, Stanley Cup finals. I've been to a lot of things. Okay. And that game three, which the actual date was April 30th, 1996, before the game was probably the most amazing spectacle that I've ever witnessed from a fan base. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, and, and as, as a fan sitting there in the arena, it, it was it was unbel it was unbelievable, you know the yes. that that moment, you know, and even though and even though the the, the Kings end up losing losing that game. It, it almost never it didn't come down to the winning or the losing. It, it, was, it was that moment, how much the fans were so into the team and so engaged. And in the last couple of years, that you know that engagement has gone away. and and I agree with you one hundred percent. it it's it's not only the play on the court, but it's it's how the vec is handling things. You know, it, it, you know not not to be have sour grapes, but even if you and Jerry or you and Doug or you and another um, solid analyst were doing the TV games, there would be a different feel. Right now, everything feels fake and contrite, contrived, um, and nothing against nothing against Katie, but the, the 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 whole product has gone backwards in in almost every sense that that there is, whether it's the on-court product, the feel of the of how things are at the arena, the TV product. The only thing that has remained good is the radio product. What would it Everything take? Else, what would it take to get you back? What would it take to get your loyalty back? What would it take for you to become a customer of the franchise again? Yeah, they probably 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 two things. One is, um, I I think we do need to hear from Vivek. I think we need to. I think that he needs to. It's okay to make an about face or make a change. You know, sure. if, if companies are going one direction and it's not working, come out and say, "Hey, we're going to go in another direction." And 
not only on the basketball side, but on, on the business side, you know, I think there was, e- even if they'd never brought you back, they made, they made huge mistakes in how they handled just how the whole announcing thing is going. And that's re- that's really awkward. So something needs to change there. Um, uh, there needs to be a click, because I'm a fan of the team. I mean, I root for the team, right? Even though we're even though we're bad now, I still root for the team. I want I, I keep an eye on things. I want them to win. I watch the games when I can. Um, I would, but I'm not going to spend money until I see that the team that the organization has a direction and uh, they they feel like they they care about where the fans' interests are at the moment. It doesn't feel like they really care about the fans' interests. I think the players care, but you know I, th- I think the coaching staff cares, but I don't think the organization cares. And it, it feels like we're a rudder. It's a rudderless organization from all aspects. And I would need to see that change before I would go spend spend money and time back at a game. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think a lot of people feel the way you do because a lot of the uh, messages that I see on my social media accounts pretty much echo the same thing you just said. And, you know, it's not just one thing. It's a multitude of things that need to be fixed. And it's just really bad right now. And it's uh, what, what I guess what's bad about it, or, or I should say what's really disconcerting, is it doesn't look like there's really a solution in sight right now. It doesn't look like things are getting better anytime soon. That, that I guess that's very frustrating. Right. I guess, you know, if 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 there's some moves made where and McNair comes out and he says, hey, this is these are the moves. This is the rationale, as opposed to there's a move and there's really no explanation with it, because the odds are whatever the move is that's made is is not going to be dramatic. You know, correct. You know, I don't feel like a Ben Simmons, um, um, you know, or Sabonis is coming to the Kings. There's going to be smaller moves made and then there's not going to be a whole lot of explanation associated with the thought process behind it they might be they might be there might be there might be but they're just the communication doesn't seem to be there from the organization to the fan base on well here's the thought process here's the plan on what we want to have happen as opposed to we're just making a change to make a change well I think you said it very well. And, you know, I, I, I thought about this before I did my podcast. I was thinking, you know, we're getting ready to wrap up 2021. And I, I moved to Sacramento in July of 1987, and I started doing the games in 1988. And throughout everything, even when it looked like the team might be moving, the one thing I never thought I would see, especially when the team was saved and they built a new arena, I never thought I would see what I'm seeing now. I never thought that you would watch a game and it would look literally empty, and it would sound like a library, and fans wouldn't want to go, and even fans are turning down free tickets and everything else. I never, Jay, I never thought that I would see that in Sacramento, but here we are. Here here we are, and I agree with you 100%. Yep. Thanks, man. Appreciate your phone call. All right, man. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Yep. That's good stuff right there. You know, that's a loyal, loyal customer. Excuse me former customer that's not spending his money anymore at the venue. And, you know, I haven't really gotten into the TV aspect because it's, it's hard for me. I I don't want it to sound self-serving and just for the record, I haven't watched a game since I left. So uh, I'm being as transparent as I possibly can, but I hear it's unwatchable from, from, Many, 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 many people. I mean, I mean, my Twitter account, 
my Instagram account, my Facebook account, my friends, they all tell me the same thing. People I know, people I don't know. You know, Jay, longtime season ticket holder, former season ticket holder. I mean, it's just the whole thing is awful. It's just embarrassing. You know, I mean, it really is. It's not just one thing. I guess that's what's so frustrating. It's not just one thing. All right, let's get to Brian. Hello, Brian. How are you? Brian, you there? Go ahead, Brian. Hey. No problem. Go ahead, buddy. Sorry, I had a bad connection. Go ahead, Brian. That documentary shelved because I remember at the time, as a fan going through it, you know, organically and dealing with the Kings leaving and everything, I was so looking forward to seeing that documentary. So that's too bad. It's a, it was phenomenal, Brian. It was a, it was incredible. Uh, you would have, you would have tears in your eyes if you saw that documentary. It was incredible. It was, it yeah. was so good. Yeah. And, uh, and your last point, you're right. I, I tuned in specifically last night, uh, as my son's a warrior stand and we watched the game and the broadcast is just awful. It's just too bad uh, all the way around on that front. I know I discussed that before before with you so there's no reason to you know recap that again with you but uh i i haven't listened to the entire program today have you discussed any nfl today as far as the playoff picture starting yes. to take shape yes i did i did talk okay. a little bit of, i was uh, in, a, in a nutshell i was thinking that you know again we can't predict injuries but right now i mean everything is set up so well for green bay and the nfc they're just playing better than everybody else tampa with their injuries against new orleans on uh sunday you know, the Rams, I would keep an eye on just because they're talented. But I, I just love what the Packers are doing right now. They seem to be in full sync, full rhythm. They have an easy schedule the final three games. They should end up 13-4 and four and should have the number one seed. Now, the number one seed doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. They've lost a lot of home games at Lambeau in January with Aaron Rodgers there. So, you know, but, but they're in the driver's seat in the NFC. And in the AFC, you know, it looks right now like Kansas City is going to be the number one seed. And if they are, you know, you could be looking at you could be looking at a Green Bay, Kansas City Super Bowl. But that I, I gave a brief synopsis of it. Yes. Yeah. No. Out of the seven teams, what have you on each? Dude, I'm real curious how the Rams play tonight and how they play down the stretch because uh, up until the win, obviously last week the big win against Arizona, they've been yep. a disappointment. So if they can catch fire and get on a roll, they are certainly dangerous. Of course, the Packers and. You know, it's kind of other than the dud up in Seattle, which for some reason the Niners or they just have the Niners number. The Niners certainly, if they're playing the right way and they show up the right way, any given Sunday, if they're running the ball and playing good defense, uh, you know, they can, you know, they're yep, they can make things happen. And, you know, I'm not predicting them to go to the Super Bowl, but I know they're a team that would be dangerous enough where the Packers. They've had good luck against yes. the Packers. You know, yep. that that would be a team that they would take pretty serious. And let, let, let me ask you something. Let, let me ask you this. I, w- I did a show earlier today with Sean Salisbury on No Filter Network, and I, I said the same thing about the 49ers. To me, George Kittle is the guy that makes that team go. But is there a more underappreciated player in the NFL than Jimmy Garoppolo? Seriously, it, the guy is so yeah. underappreciated. Yeah, no, and I, you know, and I hold myself accountable. There's times during the game thinking, you know what I mean, to make some awful throws, but. More times than not, you know, in the two-minute drill, he gets them down there. Even a few weeks ago where, uh, I mean, of course, Cincinnati. uh, But I'm thinking of the one game where 
Well, no, it was Cincinnati. They got him down and they ended up winning. But he does come through. He has the experience. Uh, when they made the run a few years ago, a lot of those wins that season were with his arm. It wasn't It wasn't the obvious yep. run and play D, you know. I think, I think I think it was I think it was Cincinnati two weeks ago. I think that was the game you're referring to. He was great, you know, when he had to be. Uh, probably a game that they shouldn't have won. They almost blew it. Garoppolo was perfect when he had to be. So you know, I'm with you on the yeah. Niners. I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to. I'll tell you and again. There's a couple weeks left, but I wouldn't want to play San Francisco. You know, they 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 are a team that can run the football. Uh, Garoppolo's been very efficient defensively. They've got you know a player that might be the best in football on defense in Bosa who can get to the quarterback. You know that would that would not be that would be a very difficult out if you have to play San Francisco in the playoffs. And, and the Brian, I'm going to let you go, buddy. You're break. You, you, I'm losing you again, bud. So thank you very much for the call. I appreciate your patience. Thank you for your effort to come back in. Good stuff right there. You know, again, I look at the uh, 49ers and I look at how they are. You know, they got momentum and they're playing well at the right time of the year. I thought they were down and out. I really did. Matter of fact, I did a rant after the Arizona game, and I came down pretty hard on Kyle Shanahan. And since then, they've been a completely different team. Completely different team. Completely different team. All right, NFL, uh, the Rams do lead in the uh, first quarter 3-0. Washington with a quarterback that I've never heard of, Gilbert, who was signed off the, I think, the Patriots practice squad this week because their first two quarterbacks have COVID. Lead Philadelphia seven to nothing. Seriously, I've never heard of this guy before. Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Raise your hand if you've heard of Garrett Gilbert, the starting quarterback for the Washington Football Team tonight. Out of SMU. Have you heard of him? Just asking. Just asking. Good for him. You know what? Good for him. He gets his moment in the sun, and maybe he'll make the most out of it. Right now, 7-0, Washington on top of Philly. And again, the Rams, they uh, are leading 3-0, a low-scoring first quarter uh, in Los Angeles. All right, hey, the schedule for the rest of this week, obviously no show on Friday, Christmas Eve, but uh, we'll be with you. Uh, the next couple of days, we will talk about the 49ers and the Titans with their Thursday night matchup, and we'll get you ready for the weekend uh, as well. Just wanted to let you know, no show on Christmas Eve. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and it's John. John, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling. What can I do for you? I would like to talk about a potential trade. That for the Kings, this yep. would be them buying, trying to stay competitive and try to win. Um, just a player, see what you think about him. Not not actual trade parameters, but the player. Fading on the Kings, that'd be Miles Turner. <clears throat> Either him or Sabonis are rumored to be on the block. Yep. You know, one of those two is going to be moved, they think. And uh, what about Miles Turner? Because, um, you know, a couple of years ago, they wanted to run Marvin Bagley at the four and Dwayne Dedman at the five. And Demon would be the stretch big on uh, on offense and the and the defensive center on defense and it'd be opposite on off on for Marvin Bagley. That was the idea back then. Now could you do that keeping Holmes, acquiring Turner, 
and do the same thing. So in that case, it'd be Holmes would be the would be the uh, the the defense. The I was trying to think of this now would be uh, would be the offensive would be the offensive guy on uh, on defense. He would be guarding the fours, the big wings. So on offense, he'd be playing the center. Yeah, and uh, Turner would be playing the stretch big on offense, right. And be the rim protector on defense. Jerry Reynolds like- said that Holmes was the best center at guarding wings. So, right. um, so I don't know. What did you think about that? I like Miles Turner. Turner. I like Miles Turner. I mean, you know, the guy shoots, uh, you know, a, a, a good percentage. His three is a, a, a decent percent. Well, not a decent, you know, it's good percentage. I think it was last time I looked, it was 36%. He shoots good free throws. You know, he rebounds what seven, seven and a half a game. Um, I've, I've always liked Miles Turner. I think he's a good player. I personally would rather have Sabonis. I like his upside more, but um, I'd be fine with Miles Turner. Absolutely. What do you have to give up to get him? Well, I don't know because I'm not sure what Indiana's doing. You know, I heard this article comes out that they're trying to trade Lavert for sure and then yep. either Sabonis or Turner. So you think they're kind of trying to break it down and rebuild a little bit. But then uh, a report comes out that they're not trying to rebuild. Carlisle doesn't want to do that. He wasn't hired to do that. And the owner doesn't want to do that. So they're just trying to stay competitive as well. So I'm not sure. I mean, I think it would be a pick, would be part of it, just to, to let them kind of rebuild and be competitive at the same time, to give them a pick. And I'd be in favor of an unprotected pick, honestly, because um, honestly, you know, I could be stupid, but I don't like protecting picks for seven years like we did in I'm the past. You. Remember I'm that one you. with Cleveland or Chicago, whatever it was? We had to. Yep. We had to protect, protect. We couldn't trade picks yep. for so many years because it was protected for so long. Well, I'm so with you. I and just, again, you know, I'm with you. If I could get Sabonis, that's the guy I'm going after. I okay, mean, okay. I, I love the guy. I think. What is he averaging this year? 18 points, 12 rebounds a game. You know, he's he, he's a a guy that is scoring around the basket all the time. He's a good free throw shooter. He's also a really good passer. I think he's averaging over four assists a game. I, I'm I'll, I'm a fan of uh, Sabonis. If I mean, if you could get him. Again, I'm not sure what you would have to give up, and I know you just gave me an example, but if I could get Sabonis, I think that makes your team better. And that's without knowing, again, what you'd have to give up. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Grant. Hey, John. Take care, man. Be good. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, if you want to get on before we uh, say so long, all you need to do is raise your hand. We've had some real good calls today. It's been a very good show. And I appreciate it when we get these type of calls because then we can talk about what you want to uh, talk about. NFL, as I said, two games uh, going on tonight that were changed due to uh, COVID. The Rams, they have just started the second quarter. Uh, They lead by the score of three to nothing. And the Washington football team with Garrett Gilbert at quarterback. All right. Have the ball. Second and goal, leading 7 nothing. How about that? How about that? A, th- a guy you never heard of before. May go into Philly, may, and win the game. Field goal, 10 nothing. Washington. Final minutes of the opening quarter. And again, the Rams, uh, they're on top by the score of 3 to nothing. Hey, good show today. Really appreciate it. Back tomorrow, same time. Make it a good rest of the day. Stay safe. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening to Grant Napier right here.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.